Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Into the Borough podcast. My name is Jared, and joining me as always... And we got a pretty good show for you today. It should be a pretty quick one. Um, I know it's been about a month since we last talked to you, but um, we're here now. We're going to give you some quick updates on a couple of different um, news pieces um, that I find interesting. And we're also going to give you a few reviews here. I can't um, believe it's been a month already. Yeah, it's been a month. Uh, we've just been so busy that we haven't been able to nail down a specific time to record together. Yeah, that's um, crazy. And even tonight, man, I mean, we could be taking baths and we could be relaxing, but here we are because we love you. And uh, that's the moral of the story here. So, um, yeah, update. Uh, we have um, an actual office now. Yeah. So we have an office. Um, and so this is pretty neat. We have a whole entire room dedicated to doing this, which is something that we haven't had before. I mean, we kind of have no, a no, no. room dedicated no, to no, this. No, no, no. We you, we you shared the space we start, with your closet. We started but... in a living room uh-huh. um, that was really packed and tight and cramped, yeah. and then we moved to a closet, um, a big closet. A big closet. Granted, it, it was a room. It, it was a step up, but now we actually have a room. Room yeah, with we do have a room. closets in the room, <laughs> and uh, so I'm really excited about this. It should be it should be a good move, and um, honestly, like we might do more now. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. That but seems like a big ticket it's to a, request right now. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a start at something um, really neat. We've got a few more decorative. Um, uh, did I say that right? Decorative. Decorative. <laughs> decorative? <laughs> decorative things that we want to do with the room. Um, Wait, are you saying decorative? No, decorative. decorative. Yeah, decorative. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 that's that's why I asked because uh, <laughs> I was certain that I didn't say that right. You didn't. Um, but. You, you know, we've got a few more things to do. I need a couple more um, uh, Funko Pops. Wow. I forgot yeah. what those were. I was going to call them bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. I mean, mine's bobbleheads. Uh, yours is, and yours falls over all the time, and it really makes me angry. And that's why she's not with Scary Terry and that's Alfred Hitchcock. That's why you separated her. That's why because Leave she kept falling Spider down. Spider alone. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we have a really neat space. You have my name on top there. It's like a mantle. Look at that. Jared. You put it up there. It's great. I know. I don't I know did. why you said I have your name up there. <laughs> you did that. You put yourself there. <laughs> it's where I should be always uh-huh. at the top. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so this is a good segue being at the top, um, okay. to our first news piece, uh, just because, um, Terminator Dark Fate, it did so well at the box office, Riley. No, it, it was, it smashed at the, the box bottom. office. Yeah, it smashed uh, the bottom. <laughs> it smashed right to the bottom, um, which is a little upsetting. So initially I was going to give you a Terminator review on here and I'll kind of do it while we're talking about the box office, which is why I kind of. Um, scraped it off but as you've been hearing i'm sure you know it is the best movie since t2 and uh it's it's really a shame you know we have linda hamilton back and she's always a joy to see on screen though i wish they would have given her more substance here mm-hmm. um but you know you you know having linda and arnold back together and you know kind of handing the show off to an entirely younger cast mm-hmm. um which is what they were going for here you know we have Mackenzie Dayas, natalie Reyes. Um, Gabriel Luna, who I actually really dug yeah. as the Rev-9. Um, and, you know, they're kind of, uh, it's a soft reboot of sorts. You know, they're kind of um, erasing some canon in all of the films except for um, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And they're going in a new direction, trying to revive the franchise a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but also 
bring it back to its roots at the same time, which I find really, really cool. You know, we have that Halloween 2018 sequel that practically did the same thing. Yeah. Um, but that was actually successful, and that made way more money in its opening weekend than this did. Well, um, here's the funny thing. It's actually not rated that badly. What you you mean in terms of like critical response? Critical or audience yeah. response? Yeah, no, no. People are really liking it. I, I think the last time I checked, the audience score was eighty five. I'm not eighty three now. Okay. Um. So yeah, you know that's really decent actually. Yeah. And I'm that's not sure. Ten thousand verified ratings. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes does their verified ratings now, so people have actually seen the movie that are rating it on the audience That's what I'm saying. That's 10,000 ratings, and it's still at 83%. And that's really good. I don't know what Terminator Genesis was, but I know critically Terminator Genesis did not do well. I I can let you know right now. We were definitely rotten, and I think we were down somewhere in the 30s, if I can remember correctly. Um, And I didn't check up on that, so I could be completely off. Oh, yeah. A uh, critic rating for Terminator Genesis was 27%. Uh, audience score was 53%. Yikes. Okay, so not even the audience. I mean, most of them liked it, but, um, but at the same time. But also 82,000 people. 82,000 so. people and not verified. Yeah. So let's just keep that in mind when we're talking yeah. about Terminator Genesis. But, you know, it, it's disappointing. They sunk a lot of money into this. And it only made $29 million on its opening weekend. And I know that we're talking about a, a topic that has been out and has been talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But um, I like Tim Miller, and apparently Tim Miller and James Cameron were having um, issues on set. Uh, <laughs> like, not physical altercations or anything, but pretty heated debates about um, the source material and how they wanted to carry on the franchise. Um, and so... You know, I don't know. I don't know whose vision won. You know, I don't know if it was Tim Miller's vision that won in the end, or if it was James Cameron's. Um, But the end product that we got was solid, just like you know, Deadpool one that we got from Tim Miller. Yeah. Um, They did a couple of things that made some people mad, Uh, especially people, including you, which surprised me because if anything, I should have been mad, and I actually liked what they did. At specifically at the beginning, no spoilers. What do you but mean you should have been the one that was mad? I still liked Terminator and T two. Yeah, no, I still really enjoyed those films. So I am also allowed to be upset. It's you not are like just because I didn't watch those as a tiny tot, I can't be upset about the same thing. Listen, you can, you can, listen. you can be upset about it. But what I'm, my point was, is you're usually all for reviving things and going in a different direction and i mean for going in for a different direction not repeating the same story with different characters and specifically in this case being female characters Mm. that's annoying Mm -hmm. no uh natalie reyes was fine i think they ham-fisted it a little bit with the dialogue um with her being this leader Mm -hmm. uh i do like where they were going with it it you know i a couple of my favorite critics were calling it woke and uh you know, I don't think it's necessarily woke. I think it's just a sign of the times. Um, so call it what you will. But also, uh, I really dug Mackenzie Davis. And um, I know no spoilers here, but I'm just going to give you a heads up. I mean, the movie's been out for a while. Uh, Mackenzie Davis does act as the Kyle Reese in this film, which could also be why they're... Because I've seen Mackenzie Davis get praise all day and night for this movie. Yeah. And uh, for being the badass you know, person that she is. Um, who put in a lot of work, and uh, whose filmography is actually really dense and interesting. 
Um, you know, we saw, I think the last thing I saw her in was Tolly last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tolly was great. And it she was, was great yeah. in it. And and she really holds this film to another level. Because, like I said, the dialogue for Linda Hamilton and Arnold, um, while they do an interesting thing there in their relationship, it's also pretty tropey and mm-hmm. pretty... I'm not going to say stale because the character or the actors um, make it not stale. Yeah. But on paper, it's I don't know, I don't know why they greenlit something like this. But you know, at the same time, like it's fine, and it was a good movie nonetheless. So I do encourage you to go check it out. Um, but I guarantee you, at this point, we're not going to see another Terminator movie for a while. This might have just because this was supposed to be the reinvention. This was supposed to be, you know. Um, a redemption of sorts for the franchise mm-hmm. and i don't think they quite got there with this just looking at the box office numbers especially when you have um a 185 million dollar budget um and i don't even think that's including marketing yeah and uh and you only make 29 29 million dollars um you know on opening weekend now oh, it will wow. make its money back i i think just in terms of dvd sales vod sales everything yeah. like that it'll it'll make its money back because i think terminator genesis did too mm-hmm. um that production budget was right at 150 i think and it made um a little bit more than this one did mm-hmm. um just by a couple million i think or maybe a couple million less i don't know either way it's pretty close to what this one made and they had a little bit less of a budget the thing is as a studio exec i don't know why you give the okay for a higher budget when you've seen diminishing returns going all the way back to 20, um, 2009's yeah. Terminator Salvation. The moment you start to see that number continually continually go down, you should take that as a hint to maybe, like, you know, pace yourself budget. a little bit. Shrink the budget. You know, tame it down a little bit. Yeah. I think the first Terminator was made with, like, $6 million or something. Because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of it was kind of a cult hit, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we can move on from this talk, but I just wanted to cover it because it's pretty substantial. And for us Terminator fans, I don't know that we're going to get anything for a while after this. I don't think so. Um, so, moving on, talking about other failures, we are now going to go into HBO's prequel series that they have tried to um, have tried to start and subsequently have failed at. Um, Long night. The Long Night has been canceled. So The Long Night was the Naomi Watts prequel that they were going with set mm-hmm. a thousand years before the events of Game of Thrones, the series. Yeah. And I was really pumped about it. I was too. I thought it was going to be really interesting to specifically dig into, you know, the the pre-Starks and the pre-Lannisters before the rise of the Targary- Targaryens. Yeah, it's so not attached. No- there were no dragons. There mm-hmm. was no. It was just focusing on the actual political issues and the characters and the way that this empire got to be the way that it is currently, with the houses divided as they are, mm-hmm. um, and you know facing still the the threat of the White Walkers and of winter and of the way it's affecting them. Um, climate change, if you will. Um, That's not real. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought that was going to be really interesting. I was really interesting to see that. Um, and still have that fantasy aspect, you know, of the White Walkers and everything, but focusing and digging in and doing some real character study. Which was by far the most fascinating elements of the show. I mean, yeah. yes, the battles were great, blah, 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 but I was really there to see how things played out, how the political implications of what the characters were doing yeah. eventually, you know, um, were unearthed. Well, and I think it's interesting that based off of just the pilot episode, they gave up on it. 
Yeah. Because Game of Thrones had a terrible pilot episode. They had to redo the whole entire pilot episode. The whole thing. They they basically recast the show. So I... Yeah, it didn't go well for them the first time around. And uh, they don't want to display it either. They've buried it. Um, So I'm really surprised that... Yeah. That they'd be willing to abandon a a project like that so quickly. with, With an actor so high among the ranks as Naomi Watts is yeah. as well, you know. I mean, Lena Headey's great, but um, I feel like Lena Headey started to hit her stride when she was on Game of Thrones. Yeah. And that show really, you know, put more attention on her as an actor. Yeah. And uh, Naomi Watts has already been established. So, like, having Naomi Watts there was a strong statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's all up to the casting about... Um, the House of the Dragon, which is mm-hmm. uh, supposedly set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones, which they have given the green light to. See, I have a problem with this. Because they haven't even filmed the pilot episode, but they've given the full series. Yes. The full series, a full series order. What what sense does that make? Well, and um, I'm not sure who precisely was working on The Long Night, but mm-hmm. I do know that it was predominantly female. A f- female. Um, female writing team, female directing team. Yeah. Maybe not exclusively female directors and writers but i know that they had made a point to yeah, add more SJ on there. Clarkson, uh, yeah sj clarkson yeah sj yeah and she's directing. done and she's done jessica jones yeah she did i think she did all of jessica jones season two i think she directed a couple episodes mm-hmm. um and, and you know had, uh several female leads in it outside of naomi watts so yeah and so you it's just a bad look for them yeah when they've already been criticized specifically you know db wise and benioff um when they've been criticized for for being misogynistic and for you know just the way that they've written their women characters in Mm -hmm. the past and all of a sudden you can that show and give their show a green light. Yeah, without (laughs) a pilot episode. Without a pilot episode. So that's really interesting. Um, And so, yeah, you know, whatever, fine. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm pumped for any Game of Thrones that I get. So the House of Dragon, sure. Um, It'll be based on Martin's um, Fire and Blood novel, um, which chronicles the first 150 years of the white-haired family. Um, And yeah, no, it'll be fine. However, I feel like the distance is really what got me excited because remember yeah. after they announced that the cancellation um or not of the cancellation after game of thrones ended mm-hmm. right um I, I i really wasn't clamoring for more game of thrones i was well, done and then they announced the show and i was like okay uh-huh. naomi watson everything and then they announced how what the timeline of the show one thousand years before and i'm like wow how much could you do with that, with being that far right. separated from the source material? Here's here's what I think it came down to. The House of the Dragon uh, has Martin's writing to go off of, right? Because mm. there's actually a written history of House Targaryen. You know, there's, there's actual backbone from his writing, which is, I think, a big thing that Game of Thrones got a lot of backlash about specifically in in the final season was that they didn't have Martin's writing that they were going off of, and it was very prevalent. Um, as that was a trash fire, <laughs> um, and so I think because there was only vague references, right, that he's written so far as to a thousand years before, I think they just got scared that they didn't they didn't have the writing to back it up, which I I think is a valid fear for them to have since we clearly saw. Uh, the writing was poor. Yeah, it was great. That was great. super poor. 
So I think I think unfortunately that might have translated into this prequel, and they just didn't have the writing to back it up, which is why they've switched to a period of time in which they actually have the writing they from the books to go to, of. to go off of. Um, yeah, I'm glad that that Kathleen Kennedy. You know, I think it's all in good in good manner anyway um how they left how they exited their planned star wars trilogy mm-hmm. um i don't think there's any bad blood there of course we never know what goes on behind the scenes um but the official statement you know made it sound like kathleen was willing to have them back on to do some star wars stuff yeah but i think for right now um when they've even said that they don't have the experience that they didn't have the experience yeah. to be doing what they were doing um, I think it's best that you take someone like that off of <laughs> Star Wars. Um, I, at the same time that I like it, they're also super reactionary, Disney is. And so I don't really like that because um, they did the same thing with Ryan Johnson. Oh, you know, we love The Last Jedi. It's going to come out here in a month. Go support it. We're giving Ryan his own trilogy. And then once it comes out and there's, um, you know, a divide among fans and not necessarily critics. It seems like most critics actually really dug The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But among fans specifically, you know, they're super reactionary to that. Um, and so, you know, it's fine. Martin won't be writing any episodes anytime soon, he says. Yeah. Um, he says, quote, I expected to be involved in all of this to some extent, and who knows if things work out. I may even be able to script a few episodes, as I did for the first four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me make this perfectly clear. I am not t- taking on any scripts until I have finished and delivered Winds of Winter. So until he finishes the next book. He's yeah. not going to be writing any of these. Which makes sense. Yeah. It, it does make... He really needs to get on that. Just really for, needs to finish I, I'm not yeah. worried about it, but I know that other people, specifically the Game of Thrones, you know, um, fans are, are eager, to say the least, uh-huh. um, about that show. Ending. Yeah. Uh, it's still... It's, we're still going to probably have Bran on the throne at the end, but I'm sure it'll make a hell of a lot more sense than what they did on the show, so... We'll see. Um, maybe. Uh, all right, so why don't we move off of that? Um, and now let's talk about something else that's kind of related to Game of Thrones. It could possibly be the next, you know, huge phenomenon that we have of this kind of fantasy, um, you know, mythical, uh, kind of ancient. Um, it's the Witcher. It's the Witcher. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find a good way to explain the Witcher, but if you've never really played the Witcher or seen the Witcher, it, it's kind of blending genres um as game of thrones did uh but you know netflix netflix greenlit the show yes they announced henry cavill who's going to be playing Geralt, um and people were super excited about it i didn't see too many people that were confused at why they cast him and then the first trailer comes out and you're like oh shit that's why they cast him yeah and you're like okay this looks good we need another trailer i need to see more from the show um, the quality looked great in the first trailer. Beautiful, yeah. It, it looked like it was up to standards with something like Game of Thrones. And then the second trailer came out, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, they they did it. Yeah, this they, is going to be incredible. They went there. Yeah. Uh, they put a lot of work and a lot of production value into the show. And, um, and Netflix seems to be confident. Um, yeah. We're still a month away from release, and they have um, officially greenlit a second season already. Yeah, we're so, over a month away. The series debuts on December twentieth. Yeah, so I mean, we, I'm, I mean, they 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 made that announcement a month out. That shows competence, and yeah. not only does that show competence, I feel like that'll translate into possibly record numbers for them. Well, and the interesting thing is, they have the planned debut of that second season in twenty twenty one. Yes, which means they've already got the production going on the second season. So they're pretty hyped. Apparently, they must have really liked what they saw 
with the show, um, the executives anyway. Um, and so that gives me great confidence in it. I only played a little bit of the game, but I, I have friends who spent years playing that game. Well, I mean, and I think I think the episode order is incredibly doable as well. Both of both of the seasons are at eight episodes. Oh, really? First season. Okay, I didn't know that. And second season, eight episodes as well. I guess um, I didn't read that. So I think that might be another reason that they already pushed out a second season. They're confident in the fact that people are going to go nuts over this, and they're like, we got to get going. Yeah. And eight, eight episodes, I've always said this, eight episodes I feel like is the perfect amount of episodes for a season, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with, like, 50-minute episodes. But, like, even if you have eight episodes at, like, 30 minutes, like, that's perfect, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that eight-episode mark, it doesn't feel like a procedural it doesn't feel like it keeps going there's a definite end to it mm-hmm. um but you also get just enough to like satisfy um your cravings for the show and and to make you want more so that's great i didn't know that they were doing eight episodes yeah. um that makes me even more excited about it well and the same showrunners returning too for the second season oh great oh so they didn't and netflix has had a problem with that yeah let me just say you go look at any of the productions on the marvel shows and they had they had showrunners in and out all over the place except for daredevil mm-hmm. um daredevil was kept pretty consistent with Frank Darabont. The, ex- the executive produce the same executive producers are coming back for the second season as well. So. Hmm. Okay, that's a really good sign. Yeah. So things are looking good for The Witcher. Um, I can't wait until the review embargo lifts just to see where we're sitting at. Um, but at the moment, I would imagine that it would be pretty high. Uh, let us know how you're feeling about The Witcher. Um, are you excited for it? Do you like the casting? And uh, what are you looking forward to the most out of the show? Let us know in the comments below. But we are going to move on to our last news topic of the day, mm-hmm. um, a news topic that hits pretty close to home for me. So why don't we talk about Spyglass resurrecting uh-huh. Ghostface right. in a new Scream movie? Um, so this was an exclusive for Bloody Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, Spyglass Media Group is developing the next Scream, um, but... Uh, It will be without Wes Craven, obviously, the late Wes Craven, and uh, Kevin Williamson won't be returning to write the script. Um, As of now. As of now. Uh, And I don't think he will. And let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because when Scream 4 came came around, they had a whole trilogy planned out, a whole new sequel trilogy planned out. Yeah. And it fell through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of the... um, the box office response to Scream 4 it wasn't as great as they were expecting. It didn't make as much money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it felt like a return to form. And you can tell because Scream 3 didn't have Kevin Williamson in the writer's room. Yeah. And it feels like a completely different movie. It, it doesn't does have that same yeah. it doesn't have that same flair. Um right. yeah. and and kind of the same amount of, of freshness that Kevin Williamson scripts have. Gravitas. Gravitas. Uh, no, it's more so in terms of it doesn't feel as meta. Uh-huh. Like, you can tell Scream 1, Scream 2, and Scream 4 are all super meta. Scream 3 definitely takes itself a little too seriously. It, I wouldn't even... No. See, I disagree I, with that. I think no, I, I think, think what it, it is, it's, it's just a different brand of meta-ness that they're going for. I mean, they're in Hollywood. They're making a movie about about Stab, you know, so they're mm-hmm. actually on production production of the set. So I think it's all very meta. But where it lacks is it doesn't have, it doesn't have that original team there. I mean, Wes is still there directing, but it doesn't have that original team that sparked you know a new brand of horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's that's my concern with this, right? Mm-hmm. My criticism based on it taking itself too seriously is uh, the uh, Scooby Doo level of 
but they're related. Like, that that's, is very scooby that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that level of, this is seriously the answer that we're going with here. <laughs> yeah, if I'm in the mood, Screen 3 is honestly great. Um, but what, can, what else can we say, right? Um, so after the whole Weinstein um, allegations, they went on kind of a hiatus. They were selling their rights to things and selling their properties um, Lantern Entertainment is um, the company that actually acquired all of Dimension, Film, Dimension Films' assets mm-hmm. after the allegations and after the bankruptcy. Um, but it was Rocky Waters there for a while. For a while, I mean, you can even look to the Scream TV show that was put on the shelf for years as they yeah. were trying to figure out who had the rights to the show. Um, can we even release it? Are we going to be able to release it? Um, there was a lot of just bad blood all around, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's my concern here is um, it's too soon. Yeah. It's too soon. Um, this feels like a ploy to just hop on the train of reboots, reboots mm-hmm. that we're currently seeing right now. And not even reboots of old classics as we've gotten, but we're starting to reboot things that began at the beginning of the decade. Mm-hmm. And I... Or not the decade, beginning of the century. And I don't understand... What they're doing with it you know is it a remake or a reboot yeah um are you bringing back know. nev campbell or are you bringing back courtney cox david arquette who are you bringing back who yeah. what are you doing where are you going yeah um is it scream five or is it scream yeah you know there are a lot of questions here and i'm not sure that i want any answers to them right now i think it's way too soon even for me who yeah. loves the scream franchise that last season of that tv show put such a bad taste in my mouth that I don't want anyone touching it unless it's Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven. And that's the unfortunate thing here. We're we're never going to get another Scream movie from Wes Craven. And I think there are plenty of capable directors that that love the franchise and can handle the franchise. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, will it Will it have that same spark yeah. that it that a, that it originally had? No, I agree um, with you. They definitely need to give it a minute because with all of the reboots and all of the remakes that are happening right now, like it's just it's just gonna pile on to the other ones and no one's going to care. Like, give it a minute. Give us a minute to breathe. I mean, Halloween. So you had, you know, Halloween, Resurrection, H two O, blah blah blah. That was that. I think it was around two thousand. I think it was two thousand actually. And then, you know, they took a break. Rob Zombie did his awful remakes that I never want to watch again. Um, those copies should just be burned out there of existence. Like those anyway, um, it just doesn't feel like Halloween to me. That's all. It feels like torture porn. Anyway, moving on. Um, that, that's what Rob Zombie does You're best. Not anyway, on. come on. Uh, Rob Zombie's Jared also not very focus. good in concert. Anyway, focus. sorry, I can't. Anyway, um,. Yeah, no, Halloween, you know, they took quite a while between Halloween H20 and Halloween 2018. That was a long break. And when we finally got around to the development of that movie, you know, at first I had, I was like, oh, Danny McBride uh, is coming on to write and um, uh, David Gordon Green directing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. I'm like, okay, now you, now I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And then the first trailer dropped and I was like, holy shit, I'm in. Like, we're good. There's been enough time. I have faith in the project. They're taking their time with it. They're taking their time with it. And it's people that actually like it. And so I, it, the end product turned out really well, even if I didn't like it as much as other people. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like a lot of that is time. And that's not what they're allowing here. 
they're like, oh, we have the rights now. Let's go, 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 yeah. go. Let's push it out. Let's get it out there. Let's make money. No, don't. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Right. Um, not to my screen. Don't do it. We already have a bad season of a TV show. When I actually liked the first season, the first two seasons for what they were. Um, so if you're going to do anything, why don't why, why don't we revive the the Go MTV first two seasons and stick with that a little bit longer, and then you know let that end. Maybe do just just one more season to wrap up that storyline, and then let it. Let it just exist for a couple of years, yeah. a few years, before you try and go back and do something like this. That's my two cents. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, now that we have the news out of the way, we are going to talk real quick um, about a couple things that we recently have watched, Riley. Um, so what did you watch today? I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. How did you like it? I loved it. I'm very excited for episode two. I think it was a really strong opening um into a season of mm-hmm. a show um and it definitely immediately threw me back into you know the star wars lore and everything i was on my phone for longer than i care to admit afterwards just like reading wikis on About different species different yeah. species in star wars and how they interact and how these timelines cross and I, I did a bit of a deep dive and i can see that only continuing after every single episode much the way it did for game of thrones so Hmm. I'm into it. And they put a lot of work into the show. Like, it's quality. Mm-hmm. It's up there. Now, the one thing, the one complaint I did have while I was watching it, and I did, this is, I know this has been said a lot now because we're late to the party reviewing, but I will say that during the show, a couple thoughts crossed my mind. And I was like, hmm, this would be really interesting if it were a procedural and we were just following everyday bounties and everyday work for this person for a while before we dived into, you know, a larger arcing story Mm -hmm. but that's okay i still like it i still like it a lot i love it in fact um and one more thing i really want title cards where the fuck are they like where where are these planets we get nothing we get nothing and that bothers me i did think about that when he not gonna say it um yeah but immediately there were a couple points where i was just like oh where are we yeah it would be nice to know yeah it'd be nice to know for just for referencing um and to keep in in yeah, it, intact with what what happens the films in every other done, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're also talking about a, um, a possible movie for this now, depending on how it goes. They had a lot of subscribers. What did, I saw ten, 10 million. million the ten first million. First day. Okay. First day, ten million. That's um, that's hefty. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good amount. And you know, the funny thing is, I feel like a lot of those like are the Mandalorian, but there's also a significant amount of those people that are just there for the the library. Oh, absolutely. For the for the classic movies. Everyone's been asking for this for forever, and Disney's yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And they have yeah. a nice bundle too. And at first, I was super against getting it, but you know what? You know what? I'm gonna go watch The Lion King. You yeah. know what? You are. I already watched the beginning of Endgame because it's so beautiful, and the end of Endgame because it's so beautiful. Yeah. I already went through and did that, and um, having that all of it there, especially. Once they start getting um, the streaming rights back to some of their properties, like mm-hmm. they can't right now for Star Wars The Last Jedi um, until, like, I think, um, like, March or something of January 2020. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of the things that they gave rights to Netflix for streaming and or they have to wait until those properties are um, out of contract so they can yeah. bring them back on. Um, but going forward, everything that we see in theaters now will be there after it's out. And that's a lot of film that is released throughout the year. Which is interesting because Netflix is now countered with getting um, 
partnering with Nickelodeon. You know about that? Mm-mm. I didn't oh, know about that. Out of touch. What are you doing? This is look, like your arena here. Look, I know a lot about a lot of things. So yeah, Netflix uh, is doing a partnership with uh, Nickelodeon to get the Nickelodeon library. That's big. Mm-hmm. And they're going to produce new content, new Nickelodeon content through Netflix on Netflix. That's really cool. It's going to be super cool. Um, Netflix has got to make sure they're staying relevant. Got to make sure they're getting those libraries. Look, Netflix ain't going away. Even with the launch no. of Disney Plus, Netflix is... They, they, they saw this coming from miles away. All I'm saying is and the Nickelodeon thing is a strong counter because that was what everyone was saying. They were like, oh, but what about these Nickelodeon shows? And Netflix was like, I got you, boo. Look, Victorious. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that's a that's a power move from them, um, and a good one. Uh, I haven't watched any of the Disney Plus original movies yet. Like they have Lady and the Tramp on there. I haven't watched that. I haven't heard great things about some of the other shows that they have, like Encore and stuff. Um, I did watch the first episode of the Jeff Goldblum show that's mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. I really dug it. It was about sneakers. I learned a lot. Um, and he's such a weird, quirky guy that I feel like it works. Spoilers. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, no, seriously, go check out that show just because he's great. Um, and just him being Jeff Goldblum is worth Disney Plus alone. Um, you know, HBO Max also is going to come out here relatively soon. I'm not sure when they're launching that, but they have, um, the Criterion Channel collection. They have some of the streaming rights, apparently, to some of those projects, um, which is big. Um, HBO Max also has all of Warner Media Media's library, um, so they're going to get all the DC stuff over there. In oh addition God. to, you know, what they've been producing in the mm-hmm. past couple of years, you know, some of the best shows that television has to offer right now, um, it's HBO, like yeah. H- home box office, one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, so it's really interesting, and I I'm glad that HBO Max is releasing because I don't have to pay for it. I just get it for free since I already pay for HBO now. Um, but for everyone else, it, it I think it'll be worth it because it's only a couple dollars more, if yeah. not the same price. Can't remember exactly. Um, but it totally worth it, especially if you're a DC fan. Like That'll be great. Um, Criterion stuff on there. So here we are, streaming wars. Um, cable who? Uh, yeah. We kind of had cable now um, just because we have so much stuff. We basically have a new cable, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. It's just free-skinned uh, to look a little bit prettier. But... Um, couple more reviews that I wanted to talk about real quick. Riley hasn't seen either of these, but I did watch Parasite and Jojo Rabbit last week. Uh, both fantastic movies. Parasite, undoubtedly one of the better movies that I've seen this entire year. Uh, top five. I think I have it sitting at three or four right now. Uh, I think I have Booksmart still at one. That's where it belongs. Um, so I'm waiting for something. I'm I I have like I have I usually don't do it this way. I have 30 minutes left of The Farewell. Um, which is also a beautiful movie. It'll probably be somewhere close to my list, if not on it. Um, but Parasite, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Parasite was great. Um, this director has done Snowpiercer, The Host. Um, I haven't seen The Host, but I did watch Snowpiercer, um, which that's always a great movie to go back and revisit. It's a black comedy, and it's it's talk it's its discourse is class struggles, right? And and um, just kind of human, the humanization of people, you know, no matter what their class is, but also being um, a critique of class itself mm-hmm. and, and how economic, you know, injustices kind of affect people and drive them to do weird things. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it's super funny. 
and it gets really dark at the end. And it's super funny, though. Um, so it's one of those movies. Uh, it, I didn't quite. Um, I didn't quite um, like this movie as much as Burning, for instance, um, which is also another Korean film that came out last year. Uh, that movie was more. Uh, it had more of a, an, a, an effect on me. I don't know what the effect was, but there was some e- effectiveness to that movie that I didn't get during Parasite and maybe that's just because I had seen so much and read so much about it Mm -hmm. that by the time I got there and watched the film you know I didn't look up any spoilers or anything right like it was just base level are people liking it or people not um and the same thing happened with Jojo Rabbit I didn't really look much into that before I went to see it um but I did see Jojo Rabbit right after Parasite and I feel like that that affected my viewing of mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit just a bit because we go from this slower paced film to this kind of rapid this rapid fire you know cut that we have from Jojo Rabbit which yeah. just keeps moving at like an hour and a half it just flies by and uh, so it felt a little quick for me but in the context um, of me seeing them back to back it probably wouldn't have been as jarring had I not done that mm-hmm. um, but I really liked them both and I would really highly recommend both um, Jojo Rabbit has one of the better uses of F-words um, for a PG-13 movie that I've seen recently. And it's a statement that shouldn't have to be made, but apparently it has to be made. Uh, now, there is Oscar talk. I, w- I, w- I want to know your thoughts on this. There is Oscar talk for Taika Waititi. Um, it being, like, uh, you know, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his role mm-hmm. as Adolf Hitler. Which, questionable. I get it, because he did a really good job, you know, finding finding the just the fun in such heavy source material. And, you know, it could have really gone wrong. Like, it really could have gone wrong. Um, and, you know, writing, directing, starring in it, I think he's brilliant by being able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, and he's great in there. But I just wanted to know your thoughts on the Academy moving to vote for him is in, in a best I can't supporting. say because I haven't seen the film so I can't tell you whether or not it's something that's whether or not it's something what whether or not it's something what I was going to say whether or not it's something that makes sense for a I was just talking in terms of like the base idea of, of you nominating Ada, I think it's a character of, yeah. to nominate yeah I don't know that I would go that far however Adolf Hitler. Is it one of the better performances of the year? Sure, fine. But yeah, I, sure, I, fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's um, Oscar worthy. But that's just me. Um, so that's all we got for you in terms of news and reviews. Um, you know, I did initially have um, on here back when we were going to do this podcast right around Halloween that Watch Mojo and What Culture need new horror content creators. Oh my god. <laughs> because we were we were watching some videos and they were just they were fucking up. Like Yeah, you they, were mad. They they were fucking up on these on these Halloween lists. And um yeah, I would recommend anyone go watch them. Like they like I, I get it. You know, a lot of it is clickbait for them, but also you've still got to, you know, find a way to, I guess not be so clickbaity mm-hmm. and still give insightful um in- insightful uh you know discourse on mm-hmm. on these on these films and their implications for like halloween and for the horror genre as a whole um but it really felt like they were just trying to piss people off 
and I didn't appreciate it. So we initially had that on the list, but because we're not in Halloween anymore, we took it off. Um, but we're still going to talk about it because fuck those videos. <laughs> that's all I want to say. Fuck those videos right around Halloween time. Because, uh, yeah, we watched Watch Mojo, and Watch Mojo had been on my list for quite some time for the past, like, month, where they've just been making videos, and I've been like, ah, I think you're super wrong. And I get it. Like, their opinion over there, that's fine. I disrespectfully disagree. Uh, yeah. And then we watched a Walt Culture video, and I was like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? Anyway. Okay, now we're here. We're not talking about that. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't make it a point to be on the main news part, just because it's a little outdated. Um, outside of that, you know, I really don't have anything for you guys. I know that I have a short film review, um, denial from this year that I'm going to be reviewing in the next couple of days here once I get some time to sit down and watch it. It's really quick three minute, um, get a film. minute to do anything. Yeah, it's really quick three minute film, so I think I can do it, um, in 300 words or less even. Um, probably 300 words. I'll try and hit 300 words if I can, but. Y'all make sure you count. I do count. <laughs> I do count to make sure that it can never come back on me. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about reviewing that. So just keep your eyes peeled. Um, we should be on a more consistent schedule now for these, although I don't know yeah. with all the holiday stuff going on now. We've but... ever been able to maintain a consistent schedule of anything. Yeah, you know, we've we've tried. We, we do our best here. But um, anyway, guys, I think that is going to take care of the podcast for, for now. And when we come back, hopefully we have more exciting news and insight to share with you. Hopefully there's some bombshell stuff that gets dropped. You know, we're moving into um, Oscar season now. And so we're in Endgame. I mean, we're going to start talking about some of the best films of this year and compiling our lists, Mm -hmm. which is always exhausting. Um, But I keep up with it pretty well throughout the year. At least I have this time, so it shouldn't be too exhaustive for me to do. Good for Um, you, Kieran. Though you haven't seen a lot of what I've seen because I've been going to movies. It's been a busy year. No, it it totally has. Um, But in terms of like the Oscar contenders so far right now that are in discussion, um, I don't think you've seen any. I need to get caught up. I I don't think you've seen any at all. Um, I really wish there was like a streaming platform. They just said all of them? Well, they, they've talked about doing this. The studios themselves have mm-hmm. talked about doing this, uh, doing like streaming services where you can basically rent a movie that's in theaters on demand for like for like 30 bucks or something, um, which is kind of a hefty price point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for some of these films that I don't get to see, mm-hmm. like what I, I don't know, it depends on the movie, but I might. So... Um, I know that's been in discussion, but I don't think we'll see something like that for another couple of years if it does happen. Um, so with all that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Into the Borough podcast, um, version 2.0, as we're now in, we're in a new phase, um, or something, I don't know what I was going for there. Anyway, I hope you guys have a really good day, night. Wherever you're listening to this, I hope all is going well, and I wish um, you the best, especially for the holidays. See you next time, guys. See you.